0: Welcome to the Future Christian Podcast, your source for insights and ideas on how to lead your church into the 21st century. At the Future Christian Podcast, we talk to pastors, authors, and other faith leaders for helpful advice and practical wisdom to help you and your community of faith walk boldly into the future. Now, here's your host, Lauren Richmond Jr. Welcome to the Future Christian Podcast.
1: This is Lauren Richmond Jr. Today I'm welcoming Dennis Sanders to the show. A native of Flint, Michigan, Dennis is an ordained minister in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. He received his bachelor's in journalism from Michigan State University and his MDiv from Luther Seminary. He has been a communications professional working for various nonprofits for over 20 years. From 2008 until 2013, he was associate pastor at First Christian Church in Minneapolis. Since 2013, he's been the pastor of First Christian Church of St. Paul in Roseville, Minnesota. He lives in Minneapolis with his husband, Daniel. I should note for our listeners, this episode was recorded live from the General Assembly of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in Louisville, Kentucky, so there will be a fair bit of background noise, but I think the content makes the conversation worth listening to. Hey, this is Future Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Richmond Jr., and this is another special episode from the Disciples of Christ Christian Church Disciples of Christ General Assembly in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm here with my podcast pal, uh, <laughs> Reverend Dennis Sanders, and uh, we had the pleasure of meeting in, meeting in person the first time. What yesterday was yeah. it? So yeah. we're fast friends here, um, but. Dennis, you know this is what day three I think of a General Assembly mm-hmm. for the denomination, the Christian Church of Christ. Like I said, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, what I mean, I figure let's kind of just let's just talk through. Like, what do you think? What's going on? What have you noticed so far? Um, what are the overarching themes you're you're paying attention to?
2: You know, one of the things I, I had an interesting conversation this morning with. Um, pastor that i know actually from michigan okay and he was actually it was interesting just kind of talking and this is kind of reminiscent of another conversation earlier Mm -hmm. in this general assembly just about kind of the state of the 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 denomination especially in his region Mm -hmm. a lot of churches have closed yeah um and just kind of wondering about what is the future yeah and i think that that's something for some reason that just keeps coming yeah um, to me is yeah. And it's not to say that I think our future is dark or that we don't have a future. Or right. something. I'm not right in that viewpoint, but I'm concerned about that. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of churches closing, and even where I'm from in Minnesota, we've seen churches close.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I guess the question I, I'm sometimes left with is, how are we, what are we doing to kind of help produce? Yeah. and uh, sustainable communities to help congregations that are you know kind of holding on the best way they can
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and also to plant new communities right and and i think then that leads to a kind of a bigger issue that i kind of con- i'm concerned about at times is do we still think that church the the, the local congregation yeah. matters yeah
1: yeah um I want to get to that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh Let's talk practically, because I know, and I mean, I'm not as dialed into the disciples' world working in the UMC church. Um, And I know there's some things at works and play in process here about towards the future of the denomination. Can you talk kind of about those and your understanding of that, and how do you think that's meant to kind of help bring about newness? freshness or nimbleness perhaps
2: well i think some of the the updates to the design which is basically our bylaws yeah are probably helpful yeah um i was a little bit concerned because i was worried that they were going to be derailed early on because there was a lot of talk about <laughs> yeah that none of this mentions specialized ministries right. and i've and knowing a lot of people who i know are in specialized ministries i totally understand Mm -hmm. sometimes that people don't get that acknowledgement, but that is a more of a regional matter. That's not, you know, the matter of the whole church. This is, and when you're dealing with the whole church, one of the things you're dealing with is, is congregations. So I think that this is trying to hopefully get more congregations involved in the process. Mm -hmm. I think more, um, laity involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that has been actually a, a bright point I've seen here is I think I've seen more non-clergy folk here than I have in past years. Yeah. Um, where it seems to be much more clergy
1: yeah. Dominant. So what, are, what are kind of the big nuts and bolts of that uh, design change?
2: Well, I think har- some parts of that are things like it used to be that you had to have um, churches... Churches could send people to General Assembly based on their size. Mm-hmm. And so you... I think the the lowest amount you could have is either like two or three, okay, and you know so that meant that larger churches could send a huge amount of right. people right um and kind of as someone once said said that we're going from kind of like the House of Representatives to the Senate, so right. that it's
0: basically Evenly diverse everyone dispersed.
2: is is there it's and I think there's been some wanting to do that for equity's sake, yeah, I think makes some sense, yeah, especially but
1: for. You know, smaller churches, immigrant or yeah, exactly. ethnic churches,
2: mm-hmm. and and I think it also kind of have gives some of the smaller churches a little bit more right. say, right? Right. Um. So I think that that is a good thing, and I yeah. think that that's worthwhile to yeah. to consider.
1: Now, how much conversation has there been around? Um. I know the denomination has been undergoing this narrative project where they're really talking about narrative. How much have you seen of that? Around the the denominator, around this conference,
2: I haven't really seen that much oh, about here. In okay. um, fact you know, I've heard a little bit about the narrative project okay. before General Assembly, but I have not heard anything here. Hmm. So, okay. which is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I am surprised about that. Um, what are some other things you've noticed? Um, I
2: think I think that there have been some. Um, I don't know. It it's been. More, I think diversity in some ways on some of the preaching, mm-hmm. which I think has been good, yeah. And, and sometimes in past years it hasn't been as diverse. And what I mean by that is not necessarily racial or ethnic, uh-huh. but I think more in just the scope of perspectives. Yeah. And sometimes that that has been really narrow, right? Um. So to have a little bit more, um, wider perspective, I think has made I think the the preaching especially much more, um fascinating yeah interesting
1: yeah now it seems like i mean just practically speaking like they got a smaller space this year yeah and i think like in my mind having the room be frankly overflowing i think has given it more invigorating vibe i think so you know yeah um my only regret and this is just again talking like last night uh, they had a moment of prayer time, and they're playing softly on the piano. I surrender all. They're playing softly. It is well. And I noticed, like I was singing. I don't know if you noticed, Dennis. Mm-hmm. We're sitting next to yep, another, yep, one, one yep. another, and some I know the some of the congregation around me was singing. I I wanted I wanted a worship leader to just go up there and be like. I, I felt like the room was there. The spirit was there for us to just start singing Leaning about leading in Psalm. Leading mm-hmm. in Psalm. Oh, and I was just like, man, that would have been a moment just to keep just to go with it um still i even 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 without that, I thought I thought that was a powerful moment I think so even right there um yeah what what else um what else whatever well, you
2: noticed well I was actually gonna ask you a question, yeah, and is um last night's worship service was was different yeah, um it actually included more kind of Pop songs, right? That right. we've all heard growing up high on the radio. Yeah. And so I wanted to get your opinion. What did you think about that? You know, with songs from like Tina Turner, yeah. And, um I mean, and the
1: singers are incredible.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Incredible. Um, they sang "The Man in the Mirror." Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, I'm so grew up so conservative and and sheltered that <laughs> I did not listen to these on the radio. But I've only heard them in time. Um, but, you know, I thought "The Man in the Mirror." Like, I thought that tracks. I personally didn't really understand what was the the point of you know Tina Turner is simply the best. Other than that's a pop and song, and the mm-hmm. the band and the singers did a freaking amazing job. So you know, I, I guess I what I'd say like I'm not the only intended audience yeah, in the yeah. in the worship space. So uh, I, you know, I, I imagine it resonated with others.
2: Yeah, and I don't I'm kind of still so kind of taking that in. I don't know. Sure. It's not kind of like, oh my god, I have to walk out. But right, right. But it was just kind of wondering. Yeah. I of- mean,
1: maybe this is just you know, I kind of admitted to it here. Like I would love to have just some carnational heartfelt singing. I know the night before, mm-hmm. you know, they did a song in Spanish that yeah. I was like, I don't really know these words. I would have loved to hear the rendition in Spanish and then sing it in English. Again, I know I'm not the only intended audience as an English speaker, um, but I would have loved to just, you know, because I could, I felt the emotion and the power of those words, even the few I could pick out. Mm-hmm. And in the ones I kind of Googled, like, what does this mean? And I was like, when it was done, I was like, I want to sing that in English. Um, so that that's, that was my thought.
2: Yeah. But I think, you know, it, it, To answer kind of your other question about what have I, what else have I kind of picked up? Yeah, is I think that there are, you know, I still think that there is still a lot of good in this denomination. Mm -hmm. I I will say that times I get frustrated and concerned because I think we're not as large as we once were, right? Um, and so I wonder how do we renew ourselves? Yeah, we, um, and how do we? I think in talking with some people, how do we welcome people who may not always have the same opinions on things? And so, and I don't know how does how do we figure that one out? I mean, I don't know.
1: This is what's coming to mind for me, and I, again, putting this in context. So, listeners don't care about this, but this is reality. I could not get to sleep last night to save my life. Uh, I was, I know our new church ministry. Was hosting a, a prayer, a live prayer session that I want to go to, mm-hmm. but I didn't wake up till it already happened just because of my sleep issues. And I think, like, I, I know I told you this yesterday, Dennis, when I was sitting next to you, like during this prayer time, like I was praying for you and your ministry and for our our collective ministry here as a whole. I was praying for revival. Um, you know, I shared with you yesterday at lunch, like this prayer thing is kind of new for me. And I shouldn't say new, it's been renewed, maybe the better way to say it, been renewed in my spirit, Um, you know, and I, that was one comment I heard in the message that I wish, this thing about thoughts and prayers, if you you pick that up, yeah, and I was like, I was kind of yeah. like, can we can we have prayers? Like, I think that's a pretty good darn place to start.
2: Yeah, that, you know, I hear it so much that I sometimes just... Yeah. Have yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. If you're right. praying and, and you don't want but don't want things to change, that's right. a problem. Right. But we still do need prayer. Right. And I think it would be nice to hear that more. Yeah. Um and I think the other thing that has I would love to hear more, and and maybe this is just more of a pastor thing, is that we don't do as much talking about theology. Mm. You know, what does it What does all of this stuff mean? What does baptism mean? What does Mm -hmm. Jesus mean? Um, What does a church mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially that last one, because I sometimes worry that we don't know what church means. Yeah, and so, and that was something that I think we once had, but Mm -hmm. we don't have it anymore. Right. Um, and that I feel like we we just don't have that generation of leaders that can really think theologically. Um. And then in turn help us as the the rest of the church mm-hmm. learn from that.
1: Yeah. So Dennis, you said something and my brain's fuzzy from pre forementioned the lack of sleep earlier that I said we want to come back to. What was that?
2: I, I want to say it was kind of talking about the fact that why is church important? Why yeah. does it matter? Yeah, and I worry sometimes that we don't Yeah, that's what it We was. don't really stress that it is. And sometimes we even give off the message that it isn't important. Right and that we don't seem to care with, that a church closes. We mm-hmm. say, well, that's, that's yeah. that. And I think that churches matter. Especially, I think they've always mattered. I think they matter, especially these days, because people are longing for community in some way. Mm-hmm. And there are so few places where we do have community.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, what do you think... In our denomination, again, for listeners, you know, Dennis and I are coming as clergy ordained in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. Um, you know, Dennis, I think I've told you this, and I think you would, I think you would mirror this just in what a way I know you, that, like, I say I don't bleed Disciples of Christ red. Like, and I mean, like, because, like, red is our branding color. Mm-hmm. Like, I bleed the gospel of Christ. Um, I feel like I could say the same thing about you. Like, in our context, like, do you feel like uh, we're more like? Do you feel like what you felt here is we're more passionate about like advancing the gospel of Jesus than advancing the denomination? And maybe not just what you've seen here, but you know what you've seen broadly speaking.
2: I, <laughs> I don't feel that we're advancing the gospel. I'll, okay. I'll be very blunt. Yeah, and that's hard to say, and I don't want to make it sound like every one of the denominations they're all bad people or something right. that's not right. what i'm getting at because i think that we all at times don't advance the gospel mm-hmm. and myself included but i worry that we don't know or we don't see what the gospel is or what the good news of jesus is mm-hmm. um and we both talked about and both have been fans of um and being rude yeah and I don't think that we have that sense of transcendence that there is this God right out there that's bigger than us that is beyond us um, and that is willing to work in ways that are outside of our reality and uh, and so we don't have that and so I think what sometimes is left is then kind of. In this case, in our our situation, the language of politics. Yeah, and so that we—that's kind of where we get stuck. Yeah, uh, but then the danger of that is, is that if our if our church is just left with that, and people can get what they can get by watching MSNBC, right? They don't need to go to church. They don't need to get up on a Sunday morning, yeah, to come to a church.
1: I mean. Uh... Ryan Bird, who we talked about, who's been on Future Christian podcast, he's talked about. I mean, I think literally today I saw a, a thread from him about, or a substack from him on Threads, talking about how, if I'm remembering correctly, basically ones you're more likely to be formed in your political persuasion not by your church attendance, but by um, your your partisanship.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: and obviously some sense that makes sense. And and I guess I saw a similar statistic related to this and it kind of speaks for societal polarization that one's thoughts about gun control is more likely to be shaped by your political persuasion rather than actually owning a gun, Mm -hmm. which is kind of shocking, frankly. Um, And I I guess it, it talks about our thoughts around faith formation around discipleship. I mean, maybe this is too big a question here. I don't know, Dennis. Like, what do you think is discipleship, is faith formation in the mainline church? Like, what do you think it is? What do you think it should be?
2: What I think it is right now is really politics. Hmm. We kind of make Jesus into the great community organizer. Right, right. And again, I'm I'm probably going to get Pilloried for that. This is Dennis Sanders. Uh, Dennis Sanders. But, but what does it? And 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 I think being discipled doesn't mean that politics doesn't fit in there. I think it does. Yeah. You know. But I think following being discipled means kind of listening and following to what Jesus says, Mm -hmm. and seeking to try to follow that the best way you can,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. and. But also knowing that that is going to be the hard road and going to be a tough road. Mm -hmm. Um, And for that, you need community that can help guide you and can be with you when you fall short Mm -hmm. because you are. Right. We all are. And that we can have those things available to us. But I think right now we don't have that. Yeah. And so what we have are here's, you know, if you do these certain things or certain beliefs, Right. But then we don't necessarily have it backed up with people, community that comes together to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that discipleship is bigger than a political persuasion. It's bigger than, you know, an affinity group. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's about people who gather, I think, at the communion table. And we come from different perspectives. Right. But we're all willing to be challenged by Jesus, yeah, and I think that that's also the big thing. I think discipleship is always going to be challenging, yeah. And I think too much of what discipleship is right now isn't challenging. I think it already assumes adheres to the what we already believe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess let me let me offer maybe a contrarian point of view here, because um, there's there's certainly young people who have been vocal at this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: that are this conference here that, that we're not that we, I mean the denomination, like we're not like, what am I trying to say? um Like we're not doing enough. as a or We're not speaking out enough that we're not following the way of Jesus enough. So I don't know, maybe Ooh. am I just trying to say like, it is a tough,
2: it's a tough road to hoe. I think and, you know? it's hard, but you're not going to always speak out on every issue. Okay, and that's, I guess that's a question, right? Yeah. Uh, and I guess... You know, I just came out of one issue, and I think it is an important issue to bring up, and that's a whole... And, you know, you can have debates on, on trans things, mm-hmm. on, you know, whether mm-hmm. or not you want to do puberty bockers and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and I have questions on that. Mm-hmm. But I do strongly believe. I don't think that these bills help. I right. think that they, they right. actually are... They don't help, and they don't help us deal with right. a really complex issue. Right. And it could also be very dangerous. So yeah. I, I do think that those are things it's important to speak out on that.
1: Let me ask this maybe, because I was in the business session, and this is really nerdy for our non perhaps denominational listeners or, you know, there was a business session on condemning Christian nationalism, which again, yeah. sort of a no brainer. I agree. Um, but also like someone I thought said something kind of an opposition that I thought actually was fairly reasonable. Ooh. And she said, Hey, like, shouldn't we be doing this in conversation? Ooh. And I thought like that was actually a pretty reasonable take because I-, I imagine you'd agree with this, Dennis. Like no one, a freaking cares that a denomination of 500,000 people or less is saying something against Christian nationalism, at least broadly speaking, societally. Uh, but B, um, like, Hearts and minds are not changed by us making a statement, like we're yeah. not we're not no one is like in a disciples' church home church being like influenced or frankly discipled by conservative right wing far wing voices who's like, "Oh, oh heck, the disciples' denomination just condemned it. What am I doing so i don't I don't think it's the most and and maybe that's the nuance perhaps that I wish. We can make more space for and, I don't know, programming for or training for of like, I don't know. Is this, is it and I could be completely misguided here, Dennis, so push back if you if you disagree. But I feel like we've kind of made these statements like, yeah, we've done something. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I, I don't want to, it would be easy to say don't, just not do the statements. But I think that there is something to them. Okay. Even if... It's we're denomination, small denomination, right. and but I don't think that's enough. Okay, I don't think that you can simply, you know, okay, we've said something about Christian nationalism or mm-hmm. we said something about anti-trans stuff, mm-hmm. and then think that we've done our our work. I mean, it's I think that there is some part of dialogue, in it. yeah, and you know how are we because maybe the people that we know aren't in Christian or influenced by Christian National mm-hmm. but you might know someone that is right you might know someone that goes to a, maybe a more evangelical church that mm-hmm. is dealing or or at face that or you may have a relative that is deep right. into this right so how do you engage that person mm-hmm. without attacking them yeah and, and I think that has to be a to go. how do you talk to someone who may not uh, totally get the whole trans issue in a way that's Respects them, but also engages them. Yeah, and I think that we're not good at yeah. doing that.
1: And maybe that's, maybe that's, you're putting better words to what I'm trying to get at. Is that like I want? You know, I want to see more kind of space and maybe, frankly, humility. Yeah, for those who are on the quote unquote right side. Yeah. of of this issue, to be like, hey, I can see how someone would get sucked into that Mm -hmm. um i don't know is am i being too am i being too
2: like no i think that you are being you have a good point i think that there is not enough
1: i mean i get it i love being like my team's right you're stupid (laughs) i mean i get that you know
2: i think i've shared maybe shared this before but years ago um 30 years ago when i was just in my 20s and still and 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 actually uh, uh, basically coming to terms of my own sexuality Mm -hmm. as being gay is that there were lots of churches that would be voting on and affirming and they were really hard votes and one of the things i would always hear someone say after a vote or decision like this Mm
1: -hmm.
2: is now we have some healing to do right but they need to reach out to those who are on the other side Mm -hmm. and just to try to there was something important. there was a sense of humility, right there was a sense that the wider body mattered right that I don't hear anymore yeah that that has been replaced, I think, with a lot more I don't know, maybe less humility, more I don't know if it's arrogance, but it, well, it's it's not, yeah. it's not the same spirit I mean it speaks to, to like
1: the culture of Malu we're in of exactly. the individual is like the yeah, is the preeminent kind of value. And it's like this, you know, I have to be individually myself more than I have to be to the community. Exactly. And I, obvious, the obvious implication for that is church is not going to work. Like we we can't be a community together. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's a challenge. That's a challenge there. Yeah, it is. It is. So, I mean, what, uh, let's talk positive here. Like, I kind of talked about like the the worship service really jived me. Um, You know, seeing people engaged has jived me. Like, what gives you what like pumps you up that you're going to take home to your
2: congregation from this? I think that there are people who are there to support me and my ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've always enjoyed going to the workshops. Yeah. um, Just because I think they are there to help provide some some practical knowledge in some ways but but to know that there are things there to support you that sometimes it's easy to forget yeah that's out there
1: yeah oh you know what And i'm sorry for for our listeners for going back to this but i was just remembering dennis that story you shared about the healing are you willing to share the you wrote a substack about this and you had another personal story you shared yep can you share that story
2: i will definitely yeah definitely um, that story um happened 30 years ago in the basement of a Baptist church in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And it was um this church, which is actually a well-known church, um especially in Baptist circles, was going to hire um a, a, a associate minister to staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the associate minister was someone who she had long been an advocate for LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. Um very dear woman and was the so th- and the church itself at this point was uh made up of both kind of i would say more liberal mm-hmm. baptists but more evangelicals mm-hmm. and there was some concern of course right. and i remember in the meeting that was there to kind of decide whether they would call her or anything, mm-hmm. um, one of the people who was um one, a person stood up and it was another woman and this woman um was from a family that very kind of evangelical family. Yeah. And you probably would've expected her to, what she was going to say. right? But this woman was friends with the, who was going to be the associate pastor. They had been friends, mm-hmm. even though they did not see eye to eye. Yeah. And so she was going to vote in favor mm. of calling her mm. to be an associate pastor, even yeah. though they disagreed on this issue. Yeah. Um they were friends yeah, and that that was what would i think bound yeah. them together yeah and allowed her to be able relationship. to say yeah it was relationship yeah but i don't think we have those relationships yeah. anymore
1: now oh, oh, if, I, I, if i can push further it, dennis i'm thinking of another story too you shared about a, a older gentleman coming to you are you willing to share that story
2: Mm-hmm. that one was um about 20 years ago and i was in in seminary and and at the um a uh intern at a disciple church in the twin cities mm-hmm. and there was an elderly man there he's probably at that point pushing 80 yeah um yeah. and he there was something that there was a voting on that concerned me yeah and he was the only one that voted no hmm. and he wanted to talk to me in private and he talked to me and he was had said that he was really struggling because he knew that again that i was gay. Mm-hmm. And he really prayed about it and prayed and he just couldn't get to the point where he could agree. Yeah, and he said this with tears yeah. forming in his eyes, That's and he powerful, was I think. quite sad about all of this. And I think today people may have not taken that or been dismissive about it, but right. I think it meant something to me. Yeah, it didn't immediately, but I think over over a few days or so, it did because he. He really took this seriously. He didn't just back it on. He just didn't just believe what he believed. And that's, uh, didn't he really wanted to bring this before God? Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't get to that point. Yeah. And, and that he felt it was important enough that he knew, what, he wanted me to know why he voted no. Yeah. um, Again, it was about a relationship. Yeah. And I always respected that from him.
1: I mean, I think what strikes me about those stories is a relationship and this, you know, in your first story, this idea that a singular issue or a couple maybe issues aren't deal breakers or aren't tests of fellowship. And I feel like we're in a cultural context where single issues or couple issues can be tests of fellowship, to use a churchy word. Uh, the other thing that strikes me about your story with the older gentleman is his kind of humility, um, and I, I wonder, I I don't know, frankly, if I would have that humility, you know, and compassion and love to go to someone who I disagreed with. It first of all to have the spiritual commitment to say I'm going to pray about this honestly, pray about this for I don't know what he committed, but it sounds like he committed some time and prayer, yeah. to this. And then say with that humility, Dennis, I care about you, or person I love you, I care about you, I respect you, I disagree with this. And it obviously, you know, it, and again, this is a this is a cultural touch point right here, Dennis. This, this was
2: something core to who you are. I, I don't want to speak for you. No, but you're right. And a lot of people would say that's a deal breaker. Right. That it's core to who I am, so how dare you, you know, and I... And maybe I'm just weird that way. I just don't. Yeah. One, I know who I am in Christ, so I, I I'm not mm. as worried about mm. someone. Yeah. Disagreeing with yeah. me because I I I know who I am. Yeah. Um, but also, it's important for me that that person learn from me. Yeah. And how are they going to learn if they don't if I don't give them the space
1: mm. to
2: Yeah. To kind of again, wrestle with learning and beliefs. change comes exactly. in
1: relationship. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Um, do you have any questions for me? Since we're gonna kinda tag team this, I think uh you're gonna release this on your your show. I wanna dominate the conversation
2: completely. Well, I guess maybe a, a few couple quick questions yeah. is where do you see the denomination? Where do you see a future in it for you?
1: I mean, that's a great question. Uh, A couple of great questions. Um, I mean, I think where I see the denomination is, you know, I was just looking at the statistics. Uh, We have our statistical thingamajig called Alex, which is like the denominational statistics. I mean, some things are frankly pretty shocking, like the median. uh, Now, this is, mind you, 21. So COVID statistics. So put put an asterisk by that. Um, but 20 or 22, I think it was, you know, the median attendance is 40 people. Yep. Um, so that's interesting, concerning. Another thing that really caught me is we nearly have in our denomination equal amounts retired clergy as we have active congregational clergy. Now I didn't see data on the average age of clergy, but I'm guessing if that, if that is so close. It tells you we have, broadly speaking, an older clergy uh, clergy base. So, I mean, I think those numbers are concerning. Um, I wonder, I frankly, that's why I'm grateful to see this conversation around narrative. Like, can we, as a group together, come up with a compelling narrative about not just why the disciples matter? Because I'm, as we talked about earlier, I'm not like, a a dyed in the wool, like we gotta be the red chalice type thing. But why does what we're trying to proclaim matter? So I think if we can figure out why what we're proclaiming matters, again, I'm gonna go back to the gospel, the, the, the message of why following Jesus, like, cause I believe like following the way of Jesus, if we're really following the way of Jesus, like these other things are gonna fall into place or they're gonna start to, not maybe immediately, but they're gonna come around, I believe. I could be wrong, but that's what I believe right now. Um, so that would be my hope, but I'm hopeful like this narrative project, we can come to start getting at least made within ourselves as members of these churches. Like the importance of telling our story, telling why the story of Jesus matters, telling why the way of following Jesus matters, and that can lead to some regrowth and rekindling and revitalization. Um, I mean, for myself, I, I, I was just having, uh, not sure how this will play out for our listeners here, but I just recorded an interview uh, with another pastor here talking about new church, you know, and, and a part of that conversation, I talked about um vocationality, kind of my context. And I think, you know, I, I think I've come to terms with, I'm not going to have, I mean, I don't want to speak for, for certain, but I doubt I'm going to have a another 20 year full-time career in the denomination. Now I'd love to, frankly, um, but I, just for me, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm hopeful. My passion is church. I was just having a conversation late last night with a pastor, and he said something like, you know, the calling is sort of like you can't, you want to do something else, but you can't. And that's kind of where I'm stuck. So, I mean, I, I hope to find ways to serve. I'd love if it could be within this denomination. Uh, but if it's not, it's not. And um, yeah, that's. That's what I'm thinking right now anyway.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Anything else? Anything nope. else I for us? That's it. Well, uh, we both went to the Louisville Slugger Museum. I'll give a shout out for the yes. what the Louisville Chamber of Commerce, I guess. And the Louisville Slugger Museum is pretty fun. It is. It pretty is. fun. I have a little a bat, bat, couple oh, of bats that okay. I got. So uh Louisville Slugger Museum, check it out if you make your way to Louisville. Um uh, but yeah, that's That's a wrap for us today. So again, Dennis, let's do this. I always do this. Let me leave you with a word of peace. So may God's peace be with you.
2: And also with you, Lauren. Also with you.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Future Christian Podcast. To learn more about Lauren or the podcast, visit future-christian.com. One more thing before you go. Do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave a review. It really helps us get the word out to more people about the podcast. The Future Christian Podcast is a production of Torn Curtain Arts and Resonate Media. Our episodes were mixed by Danny Burton, and the production support is provided by Paul roe Thanks, and go in peace.